0: Good evening everybody, this is Leicester Till I Die
1: Sorry for the delay Um, Has he gone? Is that why the delay was? We will find out, I'm sure It's question and answer time And I'm pleased to say my special guest this evening Is Jordan Blackwell from Leicestershire Live and the Leicester Mercury Uh, Let's get the show on the road This is Leicester Till I Die TV Thank you for joining us It's time! strap yourself in because we're set up switched on and ready to go you are watching and listening to
0: chris <laughs> and lester tonight like die tv on youtube and your favorite podcasts
1: I die TV? Mm. Your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. And now, here's your host. Right, Chris! Oh right there, how the devil are we all? Yes, welcome along. Um, are you watching the England game? I mean, if you are, I've got to say the question, why? I mean, come on, they're down, they're relegated. God, that's sounding a bit familiar, isn't it? What is going on down Filbert Way? Well, get your questions in. We're going to bring Jordan in in one second. And we are going to, uh, I'm sure, we'll be asking him lots of questions about Leicester. I've got a load of questions set out, ready to go. And I'm sure if you want to add some in uh, to the chat as we go along, we will put those to him as well. This is Leicester Light Night TV on YouTube please press that subscribe button and if you have already subscribed please smash the likes let's bring him in he's been waiting long enough Jordan good evening sir
0: good evening how are you how are you doing yeah.
1: Not so bad, not so bad. I know, as I, I was we talking just before we went live, and uh, as I said, I used to work in the newspaper business myself, so I know when it comes to deadlines, how <laughs> we can get put back and put back. Uh And I kept thinking, well, I'm refreshing the Leicestershire live page. He's gone, he's gone. But unfortunately, that wasn't it.
0: No, no, yeah, apologies, everyone, for, for the delay. Yeah, that was totally on me. I've just uh, had a bit of a... um slow day today my first day back in after a week off um as as we mentioned there i kind of i was sort of expecting maybe to have to do some work in my week off um you know with with all the talk around the manager um but no i think it's now we've got to this point um i think a uh a a dismissal a managerial dismissal would be unexpected at this point now we've got through a week of the uh, week of the international break um so i think uh yes, I, uh, as things stand, um, uh, Brendan Rogers will be in the dugout for next Monday's game against Nottingham Forest. And I would be surprised. Um, yeah, I'd be very surprised now if that if that changes.
1: Yeah, I think if it was going to happen to be quite honest with you. I would have thought it would have been at the start of the two week for, for obvious reasons. Um, we we'll say hello to Miss Molina is in. How the devil are you? I hope you are well. I hope you are safe in Canada as well because you've had some bad weather over there uh, up in the uh, in the eastern side of the country. So fingers crossed that, that, that you are safe and well. I mean, they're calling it El Sacchio, but having said that, they were saying that about the... it was the cup game against Forest that started it all off and I'm just I'm going to actually go away from Brendan at the moment and ask what's happening at the club because this club conversed with the fans we used to you know know what we needed to know but you know silence can be deafening and the silence coming from you know the KP at the moment is unbelievable and I'm not it exp- means, but do they have a press officer there? Because all this is doing is stoking fans' rumours, and stay with us. It seems to be going downhill very, very quickly.
0: Yeah, sorry, cut out a little bit there, but I think I got the gist of that. But um, yeah, I think um, I i think the problem that the club have that they don't they wouldn't necessarily comment on everything um because i because i think if they were to well if if they were to comment on one thing then they would feel obliged to comment on everything um so that's kind of the the club's stance on rumors and things like that if there are if there is speculation i think they feel like um Say something was out there in the media that wasn't true. If they were to come forward and say, "Well, this is not true. This is actually this is what's happening," Mm -hmm. if they they would then be expected to do that for every single rumor that came about. Because otherwise, if they don't do that, people will think, "Well, they've not, you know, they've not turned that one down. That that one must be true." So I think that's why they don't necessarily do that. I don't think it's been totally silent from the hierarchy and things like that. Obviously, we had the. In the last program, we had the explanation from uh, Toll.
1: Funny you should say that because that was one of the points. So, next point I was probably going to make to you is that he came out in the Man United program and said that, but by that time, because that was the last day of the transfer window, so by that time we kind of knew what was you know, who was coming, who was going, which obviously wasn't much either way, but it's just that if we'd been if we'd known. What the problem was with the FFP and all of that at the start, we would not have been surprised. But we were being linked with everybody and his dog. And then, you know, journalists came out and said, like, to Brendan, who are you bringing in? And he says, well, I can't. We've got to sell before we can buy. That's like putting a fire sign up, you know, fire sale sign up, you know. And then everybody was coming in for all our players, which totally unsettled. If they'd come out at the start of this, you know, before – before even Brendan maybe had to answer that question and say, look, this is the position. We're not in trouble. We don't have to sell, but we're not going to be, you know, oh, by our I mean side, but we're not going to be. I think a lot more fans would have understood.
0: Yeah. I I, I It didn't help that the that Rogers talked quite a big game going into the summer. Um, You know, he, he very clearly set out that he wanted a refresh of the squad. Um, I remember asking him, I think it was back in February, how many players that that would constitute. And he said, you know, five or six, you know, if there's going to be five or six players coming in, then you would think there would need to be seven or eight leaving, especially because they didn't have European football. Um, And he believed that that would be the case, that they would be able to bring players in. Um, And he was speaking to players as late as June, trying to... um, you know, sort of calling around, seeing the sort of players that are available, the sort of players that they could potentially bring in. Um, So, yeah, there did seem to be a little bit of a breakdown in communication, not even just with from the club to the fans, but within the club as well. Um, The fact that Rogers, you know, was spending his holiday sort of trying to find, uh, you know, trying to to convince players to join the club. So I think, yes, that probably didn't help. Um, But I don't think the club ever would have wanted to come out and say, um you know kind of put things in, in, in a negative uh, you know put a negative spin on things in terms of not buying players i think in the final program of last season um top said that there was uh you know money had been set aside for transfers so the, you know the you know at, at that point there didn't feel like any need for him to you know not to be truthful on that front um yeah, yeah. i don't no, just, i
1: don't Glen Glenn, Glenn Toposuch. I mean, you know, he he's he's trying to, you know, save the whole wing power situation because of COVID. And, you know, everybody kind of understands. But the number of times that I was on shows and I've got other fans coming on, and there's not and Forest fan just come in. Good evening, Luke. The number of times, oh, Leicester going bus then. Or Leicester going bus. I just think if they'd said what they said in the United program earlier on, but then it also makes me think. Well, was Top not talking to Brendan if Brendan was still going out during the summer and and, and trying to get players in?
0: Yeah, th- that's where there did seem to... I mean, Rogers has never said, oh, there's been a breakdown in communication, but yeah. I would say that th- there seemed to be some kind of miscommunication there, um, mm-hmm. that that was the case. It, Rogers didn't know until he came back in for pre-season training at the end of June that that was the scenario. Obviously, he's kind of... And he understands this. He's kind of the front of the club. He's the one that answers the questions. So, I mean, the first opportunity we had to speak to him, I spoke to him after the friendly in Leuven, which is the first time he spoke to the media in the summer. And that's when he said, okay, we're not going to be able to, um, uh, it is very much a case of selling before buying. Um, you know, so it, it, yes, it did feel a little bit like the, there was a breakdown somewhere, but I, I don't think the, the club feel the need to um, explain things to supporters every step of the way. And I think that's that's to be debated whether that's mm-hmm. the, the right thing to do. I think I would say uh, to have a club that is more open um, with supporters would be better, but mm-hmm. they may feel that it is easier for them to conduct their business and transfers and things like that. Um, you know, and that just sort of the general day-to-day running of the club, they would probably feel that that's easier to do without telling, you know, informing supporters oh, I, yeah. every step of the way.
1: I get that. And I wouldn't want them to come out and comment on every single transfer humour that goes out. I'm just thinking like the big decisions or the big comments like the, you know, because I mean, when you've got your manager, like I say, coming out and saying, well, we've got to sell before we can buy. You know, there's no clarification on that. Suddenly, Madison's been, you know, offers for Madison. It probably kick-started the Fafana thing off to some degree. Um, And I just think sometimes, I mean, you know, you're you're at the press conferences. We only see it on, 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 you know, the, the YouTube or LCFC Live, whatever. But, yeah, I just feel that, you know, he sat there and he doesn't seem enthusiastic you know, it's there's no. He looks like, it's almost like he's get up and goes, got up and gone.
0: Yeah, I, I I probably noticed that a little bit um, in terms of his um, body language and things like that. Uh, I think, I mean, I think he's always been kind of keen to play things down in terms of not or not show too much emotion. I think he's spoken before about uh, being on the. Uh, sidelines and, th- and how he reacts on the sidelines and that he's quiet. He doesn't show a lot of emotion when he's, you know, in the dugout and things like that. Yeah. And he's always said that that's because um, if he was a player and he was looking across at the sidelines, he wouldn't want to see, um, you know, a manager reacting, sort of overreacting or anything like that. He, w- he would want a manager that's sort of calm and composed mm. and things like that. So I think that's, I think he tries to bring that, um that approach to everything that he does i do agree i i I do think there's been a little bit of enthusiasm missing uh from his press conferences and i think that's why there have been questions asked to him about whether he's you know if he still wants to do the job essentially um you know we, we but we can only take him for his his word on it. I was anyway. gonna say, I expect-
1: you, that was going to be, again, my next question. Have you reading my script here or what? <laughs> <laughs> my, my next question was going to be, do you think he still wants to be here? Again, a lot of rumours, and these are silly rumours, I grant you, but you know, a lot of people are saying that he, you know he's doing his best to get sacked.
0: No, I, I don't agree with that because I think he would I think he's got too much personal pride to, to to want to do that. I think he will be extremely disappointed in the lack of transfer business. And I know he's spoken about that a lot. And I know yeah. that when he's kept repeating it, um, that started to grate a little bit with supporters. I think because mm. it was kind of like, well, some fans understood the situation with transfers. Yes, they know it would be better if they got some players in but you know this is still a good squad why are they not performing that seemed to be the the, yes. the general message and actually in the press conference after Spurs there was a national journalist and obviously because it was a game in London there were London-based journalists who won't have sat through every press conference like I have and maybe Leicester City fans that have seen and one of the the London journalists said you know is the it's the lack of activity in the transfer window to blame for this, um, even though it is a question that's been, been asked plenty of times before. Yeah. But actually, Rogers said after that, he said, I've answered that question too many times. I don't need to speak about it now. It's kind of making the point that it's it's not worth me talking about. It's not worth it being, turning my focus to that um, yes. because it, it sort of deflects from the bigger issue at hand, which is that the team on the pitch are not performing. So I and think... The- Sorry carry on. Yeah, so I think it, that that was probably is a that's a disappointment for him mm-hmm. um in terms of his standing uh, uh, you know um in terms of his position at the club because I think he obviously did expect that to, he spoke about it throughout last season or throughout the second half of last season. Um and I think he felt that after 3 years that tends to be the life cycle of a squad um they need they do need refreshing there. Um I think he will be concerned about the damage to his reputation that this run um Mm. Is, is having um but i don't think he I, I don't think he would ever want to just you know i don't think he would ever you know try to try to be sacked I, I think he has too much personal pride to do that um yeah. so yeah I, I don't think that's quite the case um I, I think he is but yes i i agree that there does seem to be a bit of a lack of um enthusiasm
1: and I must say, I, I think, well, Brad, who, who does the press conference uh, review with me, he said a lot of the time the same questions have been asked week after week after week. And you can understand him getting a little bit fed up, I suppose. And you've just made that point exactly the same there. Um, and I suppose now, you, I, would, I, would, I don't know, I'm not there, obviously, but I would imagine there's a lot more journalists starting to turn up now. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah, I think that. I mean, it's it tends to be that the that all of the Midlands journalists tend to uh, come anyway, unless there's a particularly big game um, for Villa. Uh, yeah, I, I would say because they are aware that it is a big story. So, yeah, a lot of the the local journalists, uh, the sort of Midlands journalists, are are there. So, yeah, I think it's. Um, everybody's aware it's a big it's a big story but I do think there's a um, yeah I do think that we've started to get to a point now where he's the, the same questions aren't cropping up quite as often no, no. Um, but I think it's I think, I think part of the reason why the same topics do keep cropping up is because I, well I suppose the the same there's the same issues game after game. Um, which prompts the same questions. But also, I think there's probably a feeling that Rogers isn't giving or doesn't have the answers or isn't giving satisfactory answers. Um, but I think part of the reason for that is because he doesn't know the answers. And the reason the reason why they're in such poor form is because he doesn't know the answers. Um, I think it would be, you know, it'd be easy to, for him to answer these questions if he knew exactly where it was going wrong for, for Leicester. Um, but I think... But if he did know, they wouldn't be in this form in the first place. So, no. uh, yeah, I think that's why maybe maybe people are reading things and feel why well, he's saying the same thing, he's repeating himself. Why are we not getting anything new from him? I think that's probably why. A lot of Liverpool fans were sort of saying when we signed him, he made make
1: the most of it because after two seasons, it goes downhill. And you're thinking, yeah, maybe, maybe it was. And I was very much supporting him last season because we had all the injuries. And I think with everything that went on last season and we've come out of COVID and what have you, to finish eighth and get to a semi-final of the European Cup, not so many years ago, we'd have been jumping up and down at that. Um, And I get that, you know, Brendan isn't a Martin O'Neill, so we're never going to see that sort of activity on the side of the pitch. But, I mean, I'm just getting to the point now of saying like, well, you know, he is the manager. He has got the same players virtually that got us to a FA Cup final, less. Wayne from um, West for Farnborough, of course. And does he think he, he ex- accepts any of the blame? Because sometimes it's like he's almost blaming everybody bar himself.
0: No, I think he, he quite often says that, you know, it's his, the results are his responsibility. Um, I think if people don't see those answers, I I sometimes don't write those sorts of things because they're not quite as interesting and I'll write the most interesting line. Um, but yeah, he does, he does expect, he does, when when he's asked these questions, he, he quite often says, well, I accept responsibility. I'm the man in charge. So it all, it all comes down to me. Um, I think, yeah, I think he's probably doing that more so now. Um, Mm. I think he may have become more aware that there was a, a feeling maybe in the fans that that he he wasn't doing that as much as he should i think particularly maybe at the start of the season um you know i know there's been a sense that he's been you know blaming it on certain players as well um personally i've not really got that impression from the from you know speaking to him regularly i think obviously there's been issues around a couple of players mainly soyunchu is the one that i think people have Sort of felt he's like he's thrown so under the bus, kind of thing. Um, but I, I, I did, I was surprised when he came out so sort of openly and said, Well, he's not been training well enough. Um, but I don't, I don't, I can't think of any other players, um, that have really, you know, that he's really sort of blamed too heavily. I think he's pointed out when there's been individual mistakes in games, but he's never said, you know, Let's just say, like with Wilfred Deedy being tackled in the build-up to the third Spurs goal, he would talk about after the game about individual mistakes, but he would never, you know, call out Wilfred Deedy and, and say, "Oh, Wilf needed to do much better there." Even though I think. Yeah, most fans would agree that he he did need to do better. Same with James Justin for the fourth goal, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, it was only really sure, I know maybe a little bit of Castagna as well. well I'm was just going to say,
1: because, yeah, and, and I think sometimes I feel like he is, um, he almost shoots himself in the foot with things that that are said uh, along the lines of, and I know this is turning into the Brendan Rogers show here, but um, forgive me for that. But obviously it is the topic. Yeah. Um, You know, he dropped Castagna and he pulled um, Justin over to the right and put Luke Young on, who who, who got roasted, really. And then he drops, uh, or he hasn't picked Soyun Chu, and he, you know, he puts Marty in there, who obviously didn't. And I liked Marty last season. He was my most improved player. I thought he'd really turned it around, but that wasn't the right position for him. But when you're losing 4 2, 5 2, 6 2, and you're still sticking by. Well, he's not training very well, so he's not in my team. And I'm putting in, and I'm putting indeedy in the defence or or a Marty. It's going to come back and bite you on the bum when you're losing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and I think he probably you know accepts that. Um, but I think probably most the, part of the problem is we don't actually get to see how the players perform in training. No, of because course I don't, and I don't. I think most fans would say if a player is not performing well in training, they don't deserve. To play at the weekend. Um, mm. you know, players, you know, we see it a little bit with England. Um yeah. that fans get quite annoyed when players are picked for England even if they're not playing well for their clubs. And it's a little yeah. bit similar with training and then going into the to the you know to play for a club. I don't think fans would want a player who's underperforming on the training pitch throughout the week to still keep their place. Um so it's difficult one in, in that sense. I think with Castagna that was probably uh slightly more unusual because I think the consensus was among fans there that he was obviously Leicester fans were able to see his performances because he was mm. you know he was playing in the games and I think the consensus was that he was one of the players who was doing okay in the circumstances certainly we do a um when I do my match ratings after the game yeah. we include a little kind of uh widget to allow Fans yeah, yeah. to sort of rate Oh, right, yeah. I use that. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I, I, it's quite handy for me because I get to see what fans think, and actually, I sort of keep a tally throughout the season to sort of keep the averages and, and things like that. Yeah. And Castagna was, has one of the highest averages so mm-hmm. far this season. I think he's up there with right. Evans and yeah. Evans and Madison, uh, the other and Dewsbury Hall, of the others up there. Um, so it, yeah, that maybe was a little bit odd. Um, I think I spoke to him about that, and I think. I think the problem was there, then his his comments on Castagna to my question, didn't sort of stoke the flames a little bit more, which wasn't necessarily what I was trying to do. Yeah. But sometimes he, um, yeah, sometimes he's, if he's not in, if he's in a little bit of a prickly mood um, at a press conference, he can be quite short in his answers. Um, yeah. And I don't necessarily, I didn't necessarily get the impression he was being short because he was annoyed with Castagna. I think it was more, uh, he was, that was just sort of his, his general mood in that press conference i can't there was a couple of weeks ago now so i can't remember specifically what he said but obviously castagnas come back into the team he set up the he set up the Madison goal um against spurs um yeah. i think he'll stay in the team uh against forest so uh yeah i think that there have been a few cases like that with individual players but i i don't really agree with the this kind of he's throwing players under the bus kind of thing. I don't think he's really it's done not that. I like him because he never. You, I mean, it kind of you felt like it kind of started with
1: the Forest FA Cup game, and he, he's done it a bit, like you're saying, with with with, um, uh, with Soyun Chu, and he said about the players that were going to be leaving that they had to move on, and he said that did look for other clubs. They haven't now got other clubs, and. So he's now going to go and work with those players that he said that about. I mean, on, on, on your site tonight, Leicestershire Live, you've got him admitting that he might have made a mistake on the goalkeepers. Well, if you're Danny Ward and you're reading that, and he's supposed to be this great man-manager you know that everybody says he is, if I was Danny Ward reading that, and I don't think Danny Ward's... It's all been Danny Ward's fault, to be honest with you, because he's not had the best defence in front of him. But in a way, I'm like, I'd be like what what <laughs> why are you putting this in the press
0: yeah I, I well first of all i think on the on the players telling players to find other clubs i think he was i, I think that was probably the right thing to do i think to you know just speak to them and explain to them um you know, because I think he was expecting to get more players in, so he needed to have those conversations. But before. then, but
1: why put it in the press? That's what I'm saying. Because you know, it.
0: it... Yeah, well, I. Uh, yeah, well, I suppose there is that. There is that point. Um But as, I, I think it, that that came from one of my questions towards the end of last season. I, mm. I, no, I no, don't, don't play you. Yeah, and right I here. don't. Of and yeah. I, you know, it's it's good for me that he is so honest because yes. it means we get good stories. Um But yeah, yeah. I have asked him since about. Is it a case of having to rebuild bridges with those players, having told them that um, you know that they weren't going to feature maybe as much, and yeah. now he's obviously got to work with them because they didn't get the signings in, and he didn't. He said it's not really a case about rebuilding bridges because he says he never. It's not a case that he's yeah. ever you know, fallen out with them in the first place or anything like that, um, because he said it's just constant open conversations with the players. So I don't. I don't. I don't think there's a. Yeah, I don't think he's ever sort of fallen out with. Um, players or anything like that. Um, just thinking, what was your second point then? Well, I'll
1: um, move on to what to what Hassan said said here because you, you've you've answered it really. But yeah. um,
0: Vestergaard,
1: you know, you've got the Danish yeah. manager now coming out and having a pop at him at, at Rogers for not picking him. He's not been on the bench, and again, I felt sorry for Vestergaard last season because he came into a. Into a you know a defense that was different every every time they played because of injuries, um, and again you know we're looking at a Marty, and then you're looking at Vestergaard who's not even getting in the squad. I mean, do you? Do you, do you I mean, I know a lot of fans don't like him, um, but do you know why? You know, he's not maybe giving him a chance.
0: Yeah, I think it's. Um, well, Rogers has said when he's been asked about him recently. Um, that it vestergaard always knew he was coming in as a backup, yeah, is what yeah. Rogers has said. Now, Vestergaard's can't dispute that, um, but it's so it's a little bit of a touchy one. And obviously, mm-hmm. vestergaard has been speaking to the Danish media saying, he, you know, he, he he's sort of a bit sad about his situation because he felt like he had a good pre season. He felt like when he came into the team last season, when he had his run of games, that he was doing so when he wasn't really fully fit because he'd, he'd he'd sort of not really had much of a break after the Euros, then he got an injury early in the season um, and was kind of playing when he wasn't at his best. He, I think he feels now he is in a better place um, sort of physically and in, in his game and obviously still not getting an opportunity. I would guess that the um, – Rogers has never specifically said this, but I get the sense that – It's simply a case that his style doesn't suit Leicester's style. I think Rodgers likes his centre backs to be aggressive in the way they press, Um, and I think that uh, Vestergaard doesn't have the the agility probably to to be able to do that and still cover in behind. You know, you know, should a ball go over the top or should a ball go in behind? So I think that's probably where it's it's a little bit difficult. It is a tricky one. I I I appreciate that. I think part of part of the issue is that players become better when they're not playing in the sort of in the eyes of the in the eyes of fans. You know, it's sort of the same situation compared
1: to players at the moment that aren't playing very well. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: But like with So Younchu, you know, he he was he was pretty poor last season. Um, mm. and I think the um, oh, yeah, so I think yeah. that you know, uh, you know, Vestigard didn't off the top of my head, none of the league games that Vestigard played or started in ended in victory. Um, so no. it's 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 a it's a, it's a it's a tricky one, but I think uh, you know, because I actually thought Vestigard, obviously, we've only seen him once this season, which was in the game at Stockport, and I actually, yeah, thought he, he was probably I thought the best. He did well. yes. I thought he was probably yeah. the best outfield player yeah. in terms of a player doing their job. Um, obviously, Everson was, was was Leicester's best player on the night, but yeah, and I thought, he, but it's difficult to <laughs> have that as an assessment of how good a player is and the impact that they can have. Certainly, I wouldn't say he's better than Evans, who I think is terrific. No. Um, and I would say that even though his debut came in a 6-2 defeat, I thought Fass, uh, the new signing looked quite good, um, as well. well so I want to be
1: honest with you, I mean, who was our man of the match? It's not off, you know, they got to, um. Alan, who picks it for me, he says, like, I can't believe after the 6-2 I'm picking out a defender as man of a match. But he, I mean, I know, was, well, apart from the Smithies, he was our only signing. But he looks to be, just from that one game and obviously these YouTube highlights, uh, he looks to be a, a, like we've, we've probably got a good signing again.
0: Yeah, I think Rogers. Uh, Rogers was was full of praise for him after the game. He said he, he's going to. He looks like he's going to be a really good asset for the club. Um, I think it's a difficult situation for him. Not only coming to a team that's in a poor run of form, um, but also the fact that he's having to replace Fafana, who is you know he is going to be one of the best defenders in the world. So it's you know there are big those those are big boots to fill. Um, I think. What we saw was that perhaps a player that's not been ground down by the by the bad run of form. I don't think he didn't seem to have that loss of confidence yeah. that perhaps others around him have got. So he still seemed to have that kind of confidence in him. He was, you know, he was willing to run forward with it. I, his his game actually really did remind me of Soyuncu a couple of seasons ago when he was kind of at his yeah. at the peak of his form. Um, you know, aggressive in the tackle, he put in a crunching tackle in the first half, which is always going to help. Um, Get fans on your side. Uh, I thought his positioning was pretty good. Um uh a good eye for a pass. There was the the yeah. move where he sort of he ran forward, tried to pick out a pass. I think he got intercepted, but he he sort of kept going and then he sort of played that first time ball through to Dakar for the for the chance where he sort of panicked a little bit and had the shot too early. Um so yeah, I, I I was I was quite impressed with him. Um and I felt I think I I think I gave him a seven out of ten. And I think I had mates going. You can't give seven out of ten to a player who's <laughs> played in the defence that's conceded six goals, but he what? It didn't feel like he was particularly at fault. No, um, and
1: and and I think we. I mean, even you know the Spurs for. our uh, well, I've been on a few Spurs channels since that game, as you can imagine. And you know their fans when it was sort of you know coming into the second half, they were really worried that they weren't going to win the game. And I think it wasn't a six-two in the fact. I mean, Son got no. two worldies. You know, yep. a, you and you know Peter Schmeichel at his best wouldn't have saved, but uh, but yeah, no, he, he was a very good, and I'm 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 hoping for good things from him. The I mean, just to sort of paraphrase what the True Red is, uh, has asked here: Do you think Top is handling the pressure well? I mean, he has gone through uh, a, a global pandemic. And unless he discovers oil in his back garden over the weekend, it's a, it, it, it's a company that is based on tourism, which was probably the hardest or was, I think, the hardest hit industry throughout the COVID situation. So he's got that to balance up. Do you, do you think he is, and I'm, I have no problem with top at all, but, you know, one or two people have kind of said, how is he handling the situation? Do you think he's t- he been able to handle this pressure?
0: it's always It's always a difficult one in terms of anything to do with the owners because they, they are such um private people, so it's not mm. their kind of feelings on things are not necessarily um you know easy to discern. Yeah. I would say that he was around his uh father and around the business long enough that he he certainly knows what he's doing. Um, mm. Obviously, he's still fairly young. Uh, in you know, in the grand scheme of things, um, but I'd, I wouldn't say he's necessary. I wouldn't necessarily think there's a case that there's a the pressure is um, getting to him. I think there's a, um, I just think this is the decision that well, they've not made the decision. I think is is probably the best way to put it, but. Yeah. In not making the decision, they essentially have made a decision. I think it's just you know that is that is the their opinion on the situation as things stand. I, I don't think there's, um, you maybe, know, maybe we...
1: you can maybe you can clear this up for me because I'm, I'm like I said, I'm behind tops, you know, totally, and you know, in top we trust as this A and I do. I think he's got the best. He's doing what's best for the club. You know, at the end of the day, by him doing this, if we finish say seventeenth and and we've still got a club. I want to be happy with that. I don't want to go down the lead. And I was watching, feeling of watching a video on YouTube last night about the lead situation where they gambled everything to try and get to the Champions League, spent money on players, and it all—well, we all know where, where it ended up. So I don't want to go down that road. So I do trust him in, in, in making the right decisions. Um, I, think, and I and I think he is doing it. As I say, I think. Would have been nice to have they maybe understood it. But when it came out about the FFP, and we, we do have that nice smile, like, well, I'm sure Manchester City and Chelsea will get away with it. West Ham and Leicester, I'm not so sure about. But you have to be careful with that, don't you? Because that could end up costing us more.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think um, yeah, it's it's a shame really because that the 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 rules do seem to perhaps punish smaller clubs because it is so heavily yes i understand why that they would set these rules to ensure that clubs are competing within their their means but the the amount of revenue that uh the very top clubs can generate compared to other clubs um you know it's 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 a a huge huge difference um so yes it is something they've got to be careful over i think in a few years time you've got to be at is it 70% of, the, of a club's revenue? Only 70% can go on transfers and wages. Obviously, Leicester's last set of finances, so not for the season just gone, the season before. Um, Leicester's wage bill was at 85% of their revenue. The season before that, it was at 105%, I want to say maybe 103%, something like that. Um, so they do have quite a high wage budget for how much revenue they make. Um, I think that has been spoken about. Um certainly Rogers has spoken about it mm. in the press conferences. I think top has mentioned it in his program notes that it is the commercial revenue that they that's the key bit, you know. Uh that you know, that's the key point that they need to to improve. That's where you know Manchester United will earn 10 times more than Leicester. Um, and obviously Leicester are never gonna make the same money as Manchester United, well, but this is the improving that. that in, in, It's
1: almost almost like, you know, a a Mini going on the same track as a Ferrari and and having a race. And, you know, we want to be up there, but we physically, we can't. We still only, even with the ground extension, I think we're still only half the size of Old Trafford. But let's be honest with you, they've, they've denounced their figures. They're not exactly doing that brilliantly, are they? So
0: no I think it, but it's yeah but the it still comes down to the to the revenue and they're still you know they're still going to make so so much more than, than Leicester will So yeah I think the for the sustainability of the club um it is important uh, more than anything the, the the most important thing is that the club continues to exist um yes. the, the worst the worst thing that can happen to any club more than any relegation more than anything like that is that the club doesn't exist. Um, so I would never be. Uh, and we've been close critical. a couple of times, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, I've obviously I work in a uh, Midland sports team, so I've kind of been following the kind of the trials and tribulations of Derby over the past, That's you well. know, couple of yeah. years. Um, and it's not, you know, it it's not been nice for Derby County supporters. I know they're they're rivals, but I, you know, it's not nice for for fans of any club. I don't think to see. No. To have to go through something where they think their club might go under and might, you know, might cease to exist. So I said
1: that. I said, you know, yes, I can enjoy Derby County going down to the third tier, but I can't enjoy them going out of business because we've been there and it it is so, so horrible. You know, Um, and like you said, at the end of the day, they are doing the best to um, keep the club afloat. And and, you know that's what that's what we want. And Brookline, thank you for popping in. Uh, I think we've just answered that question. Actually, you might have to sort of play it back a little bit to find out the full answer. Um, Kasper Schmeichel, we're talking about the goalkeepers. I did a um, a thing at the start of the season. A bit. I think you based actually. I think I pinched your idea about whether you should keep loan or sell a player. Um, I called it um, snog, marry, avoid, which I think probably got the <laughs> wrong sort of viewer. But, um, and I must admit, I did it with, with Craig, one of my co-hosts, and I was saying that I thought it was right for Casper to go um, because I think last season um, he, he didn't control his box like he used to. And I know he had problems mm-hmm. in front of him. Um and he's not had the best of starts, in all fairness, at Nice. I think he's only kept the one clean sheet. Do you think it was the right decision to let him go? He wanted the three-year contract. He got that at Nice. I don't think that was on the on the board for him there. No.
0: Eh? Um, uh, well, I think all of these decisions are going to be judged in hindsight. I think at, at the time, I didn't think it was a bad decision. I thought that um, given he was one of the club's highest earners, You kind of have to then consider, well, if he's one of the club's highest earners, is he one of the club's most important players? And I think if you were listing Leicester's most important players, I think you'd have probably put him maybe eighth or ninth rather than, you know, in the top two, which he was one of the top, you know, one of the top two earners. Um, Leicester weren't going to offer him a a long contract. Obviously, he only had a year left on his deal. I doubt an offer would have come to him, um, certainly on the same money uh, following that. Obviously Nice were willing to 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 you know to give him a three year deal. So I think that's why it came about. Um yes, I think there were the concerns about uh you know, maybe the obviously the set pieces was a big issue. He doesn't mm-hmm. really and he never really has been a, a um uh goalkeeper that commands his box. So maybe that was a consideration. And obviously I know that Leicester were scouting. Um, goalkeepers in the run-up to the summer, and obviously there was the links to Robert Sanchez who, if you looked at all the Premier League statistics, Robert Sanchez was the best in the league last year for coming to claim crosses and corners and things like that. So that seems significant to me, that maybe they were looking in a a different direction. Obviously Ward then starting the game against Watford towards the end of last season. Obviously uh, Rodgers has not really said this publicly um, until after the Spurs game um, when he spoke he said he was sort of asked directly. You know, are you regretting not replacing Schmeichel? He said, or letting Schmeichel go. And he said, well, no, it was of you know Schmeichel's decision, and also we didn't have the funds to bring players to bring in somebody uh, to replace him. Now that that's the first time he said that. I think that was always certainly. I've you know we've written about that, and I've known that yeah. since that they've been looking at goalkeepers. You know, going back to April May time. Um, but it's the thing; it's the first time Rogers has said. You know, we didn't have funds to bring in a goalkeeper, suggesting then that they would have done had they been able to. But he did also say, but, you know, but I wanted to give Danny a go because he's been a loyal number two. He said previously about Ward that he's got, you know, he is the club's other number one, if you like, rather than being a number two, because he does have that yeah. quality. And personally for me, I thought that was probably the right decision. I thought, mm-hmm. um, you know, we didn't have a lot to judge Ward on. But yeah. whenever he played in cup competitions, I thought he did pretty well. He did in thought...
1: he did an Iverson, didn't he? On many occasions. Yes, yeah, yeah, Obviously,
0: yeah. the 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 Forest game when he played was a bit of a you know a low point. But mm. nobody played well in that game, yeah. so I don't think you could judge him too harshly on that. Obviously, he played against Watford in the league, and yes, he conceded early on, but he made a number of saves in that game. I think the the biggest thing for me was that he played for wales at the euros in high pressure games and he played really well so i think that was the best indication that yes he yeah. could do it yeah. um but uh, but i would say at this point that it it obviously doesn't look like something that's paid off because i don't think he's played particularly well he just uh, it, it seems a little bit of a bizarre one to me that he, he that he's not um that he just seem to be underperforming um i think it's always difficult to judge goalkeepers because sometimes you say, well, he couldn't have got near that. You know, that was a really good finish. You look at mm-hmm. some of Son's goals and things like that. Yeah. But it's just the number of goals that he doesn't seem to be getting close to. Um, I think the goals against Brighton where there was the two, one in each half where they were from tighter angles and the players found the, the, the far corner. I think it was Caicedo for the first half and Trossard for the second half, mm-hmm. um, where it felt like he was guarding his near post too much and showing yeah. too much of the far post. Yes. Um yeah. you know, so little things like that. I think it's really hard to judge as a as a spectator and not an expert. And you know, I'm I'm not going to say I'm an expert in goalkeeper or anything like that. So I, I it is difficult to to judge at times. But I yeah. would say at this point, um even if there are doubts over Everson's kicking uh and his yeah. footwork, which I think that I think that's possibly why, I think his shot stopping is obviously exceptional. We saw that I mean, I'm sure Leicester fans will have seen some of the highlights um, from Preston games last season. Yes. I think that was all the reports from Preston said that that was a huge quality. He said he saved saved them Mm. numbers of points because of how good he was um, with his hands. So, yeah, I think I would say at this point um, that I would give Everson a game. I got the impression... um, after the Spurs game, that maybe Rodgers was starting to consider it. Which that was the the article that you mentioned about, um, yeah. mentioned earlier today. It, he didn't, you know, he still gave his backing to Ward in a sense and said, you know, it's it, it's 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 a collective. It's not just coming down to the goalkeeper. But he did say, but this we've got an international break. It's a good time to reassess and things like that. And that was in response to a question about Schmeichel and Ward. So that gave me the impression that maybe he was it was something he was considering. Um, so I th- it will be interesting to see who is in goal um, next week against. Yeah, the rest. And
1: it's a very difficult decision about, like you say. I think for a goalkeeper, you do quite often have to look at the defence in front of them, and um, but it's always a difficult one. as to you take them out the out the spotlight for a little bit because you know a, a striker misses a goal, Jamie Vardy, you know, shot hits the post or doesn't go in. And go, oh, that was unlucky. Where a goalkeeper always gets the blame, and it is. It's, but then again, you know that's why Rodgers is, is is paid the big bucks, I guess, isn't it? You know, um, just moving on the, now. Last couple of questions before before we, we wrap it up. Um, Madison, James Madison. Rumors again about Newcastle possibly coming in for him. I mean, we've had the Tielemann situation, and Telemans. I mean. He said, oh, "I think it was on Sky." Uh, I, I don't regret making my decision. You know, I'm I'm sure he doesn't. He's on a on a very high wage, and he's going to leave it possibly for free at the end of the season. He's course, he's not going to be disappointed. But are we in danger of getting that situation with not just Madison but a couple of other players as well?
0: Um, yes, it's certainly a danger with Madison. Um, But I would say with some of the others, I would say it's not necessarily something that Leicester would be um, concerned about. I think lots of the other players who are getting close to the end of their contracts um, are not necessarily players that the club would really, really want to keep. Obviously, there's, there's players like Perez and Suyuncu who are out of contract next year. Um, and I think in an ideal world, they would sell them and make a little bit of money for them. But obviously, they, they, if they can't do that, it's not a, a huge deal. I think losing someone like Tielemans, who would be worth, even with a year left on his contract, he would be is a twenty at least £20 million. Pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a little bit disappointing to lose him for, for nothing. Madison would be even more than that. Um, and I think there is probably a little bit of a danger of that scenario. Obviously, he's got um, two years left on his contract twenty twenty four his runs out. Um there's been suggestions of a of a new contract. Rogers has kind of mentioned it, um, said it would be something that the club look at. As far as I'm aware, it's it's not there's been nothing serious take place no. yet. Um or certainly when I, I was sort of asking around about it uh, a couple of months ago uh, or a month ago. Um so yeah I think that with Madison it certainly is a worry. Um but I think the it's the the past season has shown that he is uh, a top quality player, um, and in a the right team he can be uh, he can be really really good. He, he does seem to have taken a step up. Um,
1: Talking of the right team, do you feel that should be England? I mean, although I've said that if I was
0: Madison, I'd be sat here thinking, "Thank
1: God I'm not in this team at the moment."
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, my you know I put out a. Uh, a, a stat uh, when the England squad was announced yes, oh, was a, yes. yes, and it was a bit kind of I suppose it, it's kind of distorting the situation a little bit because obviously if you're looking at it only on this season I could probably understand why he's not been called up but mm. I think my, given the amount of goals and assists he's registered over the past year and the quality of his performances and the influence he's had on Leicester's performances I would say that at some point in the past year he needed to have been given at least a chance so I'd, I'd, I wouldn't go as far as saying he should be in the England squad because they do have lots of talented players. Southgate, I do quite like Southgate. I know there's been a lot of a, a backlash you know, over recent uh, recent weeks and months because of the, they've not been getting results and they've not been scoring. But um, he does have a lot of talented players that have generally done really well for him. And I can see yeah. why he would continue to pick them, the likes of Mount and Foden and Grealish. Um, but I do think that... I think the summer, the summer fixtures in June, that was the time Madison should have got yeah. his his opportunity. Yes. Um just to see what he could do. Is I think he's a different person and a different player to the one he was when he got his first cap, which was yes. November 2019,
1: oh, was I think. Yeah, so it was a <laughs>
0: while ago. But I yeah. feel like, you know, yeah. since he became a dad, I think he's become a different person. Yeah. I think yeah, the definitely. way yes. he's yeah. um Adapted to the kind of setbacks he's had with injuries, obviously he had that really that loss of form and loss of confidence mm. at the start of last season, where rogers ended up taking him out of the team, and he ended up, I think, at, I think this is probably some of the best man management that rogers has done in his time at Leicester, in that he, how he kind of, you know, he got one of the analysts to to just grab all clips of madison's best bits and just got him to yeah. sit through them and say look this is what you can do uh you know i was really open with him really spoke to him really gave him that confidence has um, bigged him up for the whole of the past year and he's been what you know he was voted player of the season last season he was leicester's best player um yeah. so i think yes i, I i'm disappointed for him uh, because i think he really does care about it i think he really does want to um you know, he yeah. really does want to to get into it. Uh, that that England squad. I think it was was it thirty goals and assists in all comp- across all competitions yeah, a season. Did. Eighteen goals and twelve assists, which you would say for most seasons for an England player to get that number, um that's worthy of a place in the England squad. So yeah, I'm disappointed for him.
1: Yeah, and I think sometimes you, in fairness, we've got to accept that sometimes managers don't particularly. Like certain players and they do have their favourites, but you know, yep. there we go. La- very last question because I appreciate you coming on. No, and you've no, not even had any tea yet, so you're probably starving because you were working till you came on here. But last question. Uh Yuri Tielemans got to got to ask. I mean, he, he's going in one form or another, isn't he? He's not going to extend the contract now.
0: The yes, I would say it's very, very likely that he will leave at the end of the season. Um I'd probably be doubtful over him leaving midway through the season. I suppose suppose it is a possibility, but I would say it's more likely he leaves at the end of uh, end of the season on a free transfer. The only way I can see him staying is if um, is if the the, you know he's. I think he's when he's ever spoken about his future, he said, "Well, you know, I'm waiting for the right project." Yes. If none of the clubs that came. You know that were interested in him, felt like the right project to him, yeah. then I think he would still consider staying at Leicester. I'd, I've never, ever got the impression with Tielemans that he is unhappy at Leicester. He, I, I think he genuinely does uh, like being in the area. He's settled here with his wife and uh, two daughters. Um, he said when he first moved over that he, he preferred Leicester to Monaco that he, the kind of the flashiness of Monaco didn't suit him. He much preferred it in Leicester. I know that people who live in Leicester would be disbelieving of that, but I think yeah, it is true. You can...
1: I was trying to think then with recent events where, where the attraction was coming from. Yeah,
0: but, I th- you know, that I think there's, you know, I can kind of get it. I think it probably felt more similar to Brussels where he grew yeah. up. Um, you know, he's, he knows he's important at the club. He knows he's a key player. I, I've never got, I know there's, there was always question marks over, you know, whether he was wasn't really trying or wasn't really he didn't really care towards the end of last season because he, he thought he was going to leave. I honestly just thought he was tired. I yeah. thought I think that's what it came down to. So uh, I don't think it's a a certainty. Uh, very yeah. <laughs> very funny. Yeah. Um, Good point, Andrew. Good point. Yeah. Comment um,
1: of the night. We'll give you that comment of the night.
0: Yeah, I think it's. Uh, it, it, yeah, I don't get the impression that he he's unhappy at Leicester, and so I think there is a still a small possibility that he could, if if another club doesn't come in that that fits what he wants, he could say he could come back to Leicester and say, okay, I will sign that contract. Yeah. Um, but I think then there might know, be he different. Can
1: always put um, clauses in, can't he?
0: Yeah, and I think there might be. I think then there might be sort of different terms to it, and you know, I think that maybe. Leicester probably wouldn't be paying him so much because it's, you know, I don't think they would particularly uh, like being messed around and not signing it at certain points and things like that. But yeah, I I think it will be interesting to see how this season goes for him. Whether Arsenal, obviously Arsenal were the big team interested last summer. If they get into Europe, I think they would be a team that he still quite likes. Um, So I think, you know, that could be one that, 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 um, that comes, you know, that comes back around next summer. But whether they're still interested, they might find somebody else that they think is a better player um, in that position. So you never really know with these things, but... Um, Players are yeah.
1: always easier to sell when you're in the top half of the league than when you're in the bottom half of the league.
0: Yes, yeah. But I think for him, I think, uh, I think he's had an all right start to the season. I think he's created quite a lot of chances um, and done pretty well. So I think if he keeps up those kind of performances, he'll, he'll get a team. But I think part of it was that Last season, he did because he didn't have as, as good a season. And he did kind of drop off towards the end of uh, end of the season. Yeah, I think there weren't so many teams willing to put forward the money that Leicester felt he was worth, uh, which is why no move ever a, a move didn't materialise.
1: Indeed, indeed. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much. Like I said, it's been your first day back this uh, today, and it was a, a, a late start with deadlines. <laughs> and, um, and, and as I say, I know what it's like. I've been there, uh, and you think, oh, you got all your plans in, and then there's a last minute change to the paper, or yeah, something, yeah. something happens. And um, as I say, it, it wasn't Rogers leaving, but I was kind of watching it just in case. <laughs> but, uh, as always, mate.
2: Different no, no conversation
1: what we had at the start of the season, but thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it, and I'll, I'll let you go and have have, have some uh, have some dinner now.
0: Uh, thanks very much. Thanks, uh, thanks for your questions, Chris, and thanks for everybody who's watching. I, uh, I appreciate it.
1: Brilliant, Jordan. Thank you very much. Cheers. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. To take Jordan out, obviously, Leicestershire live. You'll find all his details. Follow him on Twitter, and uh, also. Um, Leicester Mercury as well. If you are still uh, purchasing that, Monaco or Burnley, I've got to go back to that, Andrew. It's a great, it's a great one, it's a great one. And dog, yeah, who would have predicted that this game would have been twentieth versus nineteenth so early in the season? I think I think it's the only thing that's keeping Leicester City and Forest fans uh, <laughs> away from bantering each other. Because <laughs> I'm not going to banter Forest because we're bad, and as, uh, as Luke said at the start, so are they. It's going to be an interesting weekend, El Sacchio, as they've christened it. But uh, right, thank you very much, guys. Uh, I'm going to be back literally in 20 minutes. Um, and uh, yeah, Lou says there, thank you, well done, Jordan, been absolutely a pleasure, he has, he has, he's a gentleman for coming on 20 minutes, 9 o'clock, we're going to be back, same sort of show, different views, we've got Owen coming from uh, BBC Radio Leicester So he does the Saturday show, he does the reports, uh, so if you want to hear a different version, probably to the same questions Join us at 9 o'clock when we will be back with, like I say um, uh, uh, Owen from uh, BBC Radio Leicester. Thanks so much guys I'm going to go because I'm crossing my legs here Desperate in need of the, uh, of the facilities And I will see you at 9 o'clock Good night all Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die This is Chris saying goodbye And see you next time
2: This week's episode has come to an end But the fun doesn't have to stop here Tremendous! You better like the duo. I'll be back.
1: Leicester till I die. TV. They think it's all over. It is now.
2: Sport social, podcast network.
1: It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Uh, Participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.